I'm trying to think of how holy fucking ghost goes. It's the, it starts with I'm sick again. And it has like the drums that like just like oh completely yes, that, lose time while yes, everyone like, else is like yeah uh, yes that uh, ending yes I, I, I put that oh. on because I, I was trying to like even like with when it's just Mikey and me making music like <laughs> we still like will do stuff that we just like glare at each other is like really come on. <laughs> Yeah, like, do you have to be so indulgent? Do yeah. you have to? And the answer is yes. Yes, every time. <laughs> I just, I just uh, with my pedal board and setting it up, I peeled off the tuner and just slapped on my uh, fuzz in its place. Actually, I, I moved the overdrive into the where the tuner was, and then the fuzz where the overdrive was. And I was like, who needs a tuner, man? Yeah, come on. Hey everybody, welcome to Pursuing Pixels. My name's Kevin Portelli and I'm here tonight with John Hines. Hey there. And it's just the two of us this week. We're always uh, battling our uh, choppy internet connections, I feel, when it's just the two of us. For whatever reason, we did like the clap, sync it up, and even just now I'm like, oh, there's a little extra delay. Um, but I feel like we're, yeah, we're always just hass- hassling with our uh, Xfinity. I'm sure Randall's got Xfinity as well. But yeah, just the two of us this week, and we're going to dig into some uh, video game action. I actually just got back uh, to Michigan. I went back to Chicago to pick up some of my stuff. So John and I spent uh, a good amount of time hanging out over the past I guess I was in town for like almost three days. It was really only almost, like two yeah. nights, but it felt like, yeah, like almost three full days, I guess for I'm counting the time in the car as well. So, right. but I was gone for three full days, but yeah, just kind of getting settled back in, uh, back here in Michigan. I grabbed a bunch of my stuff. Uh, I think I've mentioned on the podcast before that, like left a bunch of my stuff at our band's practice space that like not just musical equipment, but like coffee tables and shag like Saturn that games. Take up. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And my Switch games, which I think I've also mentioned on the podcast, I was like, I got my copy of Luigi's Mansion 3 in one of those boxes, and I got to play that uh, before the end of this year, uh, at least if I want to stick to my uh, New Year's resolution, which I have to. That's actually like <laughs> the next game on the docket for me to start booting up. I was going to try to maybe even squeeze it in to talk about on this episode, but I was like, I'll I'll give myself a little bit of time. And if I got to shuffle around the <laughs> the order of the releases a little bit to make sure Luigi's Mansion gets into a uh, 2022 will make it happen but Mm -hmm. um all that rambling aside i did want to give a shout out to this game i actually played just like a tiny bit of the demo uh the other day i I don't can't remember i think i played just a little bit of it because i didn't have my controller hooked up or something to that effect it's a puzzle platformer uh called woten dx uh traveler's dream is like the subtitle and apparently i think woten was maybe or maybe even woten dx because the startup screen and i again i just played the demo of this uh, it said like it was a, a humble original and that said like it was a originally released through the humble bundle or something like that. And now this is like a more fleshed out version of that game. So <laughs> I don't know exactly. I never played the original or anything like that, but the game caught my eye initially just seeing like a couple like gifs or something like that of the game in action. It's kind of like a single screen, but you're like scrolling through. So it's not a Metroidvania per se, or at least not what I played in the demo but you can like go to one screen and then it just like snap as soon as you go off the screen it snaps to the next one and then you're kind of solving a series of puzzles on that screen and then but you will backtrack a little bit and basically the move set in this game and I guess I didn't finish that thought the reason it caught my eye too but other than the gift just like the gameplay looking cool it kind of has like almost like in like the way I kind of described it is like it's almost like a Game Boy Color game in HD it just looks like really crisp but it has those kind of softer colors but they're just 
a little more bold than they are on the Game Boy Color games. I don't know. It, it just looks really nice and crispy. Somebody even said I posted like a clip of it and they're like, oh, this looks nice and creamy. And I was like, that's a, that's a perfect word for it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I really love on top of the just look of the game and the aesthetic, the move set in the game is just so expressive and so fun. I mean, essentially, it's just like a hop and bop puzzle platformer, although it seems to be like there's some enemies that will maybe like hinder your progression or your movement but they there's no like health or anything like that like you're just trying to collect all the collectibles but your main move other than jumping and you just have like a little single jump that you can do is like this headbutt and you can do like a headbutt like dive forward and that's just like if you press the button and you're running forward or standing still you'll kind of like dive and if you hit the ground you kind of like bounce off of it and do a little somersault but if you hit like a wall that's kind of like crumbly, it'll break that wall open. And then you can also, if you do that headbutt when you're in midair, you can do like kind of a ground pound. You'll like flip on your head. You kind of you're kind of wearing like a Viking horned helmet or whatever. So that's like kind of smashing into walls. But everything is just so expressive. Like there'll be these little mushroom pads, and when you bounce off them regular, you do a nice little you know regular mushroom bounce that you know pretty traditional uh, video game trope like bouncing on the mushrooms or whatever. But if you do like the headbutt ground slam you bounce extra high off that but if you then hit the ceiling from that like super powerful slam your uh, helmet will stick into the ceiling and then you'll be kind of like stuck for a second you gotta uh jump out of your you don't actually jump out of your helmet but you just kind of like jump off the ledge but you can like grab the corners of ledges and then like dash up in like the opposite direction and kind of like do your headbutt attack but you'll like dash up to the corner dash to the side or dash straight upwards to to do a little bit higher of a jump like just the set like it's kind of just one move this like headbutt dive move that they utilize in so many different ways and like I just I always am such a sucker for the games that like have no uh, I think I've talked about MU-ROM on the podcast and yeah. it kind of feels similar to that and that's actually a game that's still in development and I think I just talked about the demo of that as well but it's kind of like just using the various like enemies around the stage or you know quote unquote enemies they're more like obstacles but yeah they'll be like these blob characters that you have to like stomp on and then you can bounce off them or you got to knock their like shell off of them or you have to ground pound to knock you'll see like little like uh tops of like uh the leaves of like a fruit or something like popping out of the ground and if you do like the headbutt ground pound slam like the fruit will pop out of the ground and then you'll give that fruit to this bat to like carry you over a cliff it's just got so much charm packed into this demo and then it had this really challenging like it seemed like maybe a secret room it seemed like a like I, I definitely like bash through a few extra walls that were not necessary in the main progression to get to this area. But it went to like this secret like challenge room where there were like essentially two of me and there was like one of my regular character that was clearly like more filled in and then kind of like a ghost version of me. And, you know, both of the movements would be entirely mirrored, but like that mirror character would not be able, or that ghost character would not be able to pass through certain purple blocks but then my regular character would be able to. And there was like screen wrapping and all these crazy like single screen challenges. And you just had to like meet the two characters together again. So almost like you're like putting your soul back in your body or whatever. And then you like get to progress through the level. But it was actually quite a I don't know. There were probably like 10 or eight or 10 screens of like that ghost merging with the body again challenge. And it started getting really tricky. Like I was like, man, am I going to have to give up on this demo? But Ooh. yeah, it only played like just a couple stages of it before I busted my controller out. And I was like, you know what? I don't have a ton of other stuff to talk about on the podcast today. And I was like, I was really, really loving what I played of that. So I went back and played the whole rest of the demo and it just like has me be on. I know I say this all the time, the king of hyperbole, but I'm just like, I cannot wait 
to check out the full release of this game. Like the level design from from literally the first screen of the game is amazing. Like right and like just the way there's like the little the visual cues like it's basically if you're just like paying attention like right off the bat I was like this looks a little suspicious and I just went like the mm-hmm. opposite way and it's like oh here's another little secret area and there's just like journal entries everywhere you don't have, and, and it I love how the like for me I don't really dig into all that lore stuff all that often so it's like it just tells you hey you found it and it's kind of a collectible and then I can go into the menus and read it all if I want but being that I was just playing the demo and not getting like fully into the you know, experience, quote unquote. I was like, man, I'm just really into the mechanics and I'm really, oh, and the music is just phenomenal. Um, <laughs> I truly don't have a single, single gripe. Uh, and it just, you know, it, it is a pretty traditional game, but it just like, I don't know, the move set just feels pretty unique, pretty distinct and like really, I feel like there's just a lot of potential for adding new environmental I don't know, just like the way you can like, yeah, you can grab and swing from the bottom or not swing, but like dangle, like almost like monkey bar off the bottom of like tree branches. And like, I don't know, the moveset just feels so I, I could have just ran around in an empty room in that game. Maybe give me a few little uh, corners to grab or something like that. But oh man, it's just such a fun and such a stylish game. I really, really can't wait. It's from Grapple Bug Studios. And I don't know if it was their first release or whatever, but I'm I'm really pumped that they're like that they saw like, Hey, we got a cool idea here with Wotan. Let's do this DX version or this traveler's dream or whatever the, you know, this souped up version. I'm, I'm really excited to see more of this game. Um, yeah, I don't really know what else to say about it, but I really pumped. Uh, yeah. Level designs is just absolutely stellar. And yeah, the demo is only like maybe 15 minutes worth of gameplay, maybe 20. So it's like, Oh man, if they just give me more of that, I'm, I'm here for it all day. But uh, speaking of being here for it all day, while I was uh, over visiting you in Chicago, I feel like you were getting plenty of uh, plenty of this game in, which I was not complaining at all. I know Lauren kept saying like, "Hey, you want to let Kevin play?" I'm like, "You clearly uh, weren't like around much when like DJ Steve and I lived together, and I would just sit there and watch them play like Uncharted all day. Like, I'm just like I'm sipping on a beer and just enjoying relaxing while somebody because I never I'm too indecisive. I never pick what game I want to play or what movie I want to watch or whatever so it's like kind of nice to just have somebody else and then i can grab my switch or do that if i want to you know i played a little demon throttle on the side i'll save that for later well uh well or when randall's back with us but yeah i was like you know i enjoy watching other people play some games and especially was enjoying watching this one but yeah. enough rambling for me here <laughs> so yeah i was <laughs> not being a particularly good host when kevin was in town because uh had been playing rogue legacy 2 non-stop which is the long-coming sequel from uh, Cellar Door Games to Rogue Legacy, which was an early days of roguelike, that explosion of indie games that were all in that genre. Yeah. And I played a ton of that original game, and like it was one of my all-time favorites. Like it was just doing it run after run, and like really satisfied with it. And for whatever reason, like I just was not following the development of two at all. And it wasn't because I didn't have any interest yeah. in playing it. It was more just like you know I didn't really want to play an early access game for something that I had played for so long and i i, I kind of wanted to just get it as a finished product and in the recent nintendo indie showcase they were just like all right rogue legacy 2 is out on switch and i just immediately picked it up same day and have not stopped playing it since it's yes uh, yes and i love i know i've we've said this a million times but i love when they do those like drops out of nowhere i mean maybe people knew it was coming or whatever but mm-hmm. 
I love when they do those like Indie World or uh, Nintendo Direct. Like, oh, this and this game's out right now on the eShop. I love it. Yeah. And I it was sold to me years ago in early access as just an, an improvement in every possible way over the original and I honestly think that is the best description of it. Like every yeah. conceivable way, like it is just a better, more polished version of a game that I loved. And it yeah. is uh, like unbelievable to me. <laughs> like I, I don't want to, if you really care about it, I, I, and if you really love the original Rogue Legacy, I would absolutely tell you like just skip this and just go into it without any more information and just pick it up and start playing it because like from like starting it like and seeing you know all of the extra stuff that was added and it was a really extensive and like highly customizable game at the like in the first one but yeah it's a very robust like series of like you know just different mechanics and just settings and options that you can equip and unequip and stuff like that yeah, and I went back and booted up Rogue Legacy One oh, just nice. to compare. Like I was like, because I, I didn't remember it being that different. Because um, I was like, yeah, just it controls similarly. Like it has a lot of the same like thematic elements in terms of like the layouts and stuff. But like going back and like I remember you were saying like uh, that you remembered it being more of like a pixel art. Uh, as opposed to now, which is a lot smoother art, but like it's like kind of a more hand drawn, like I don't know, I don't know what style, but it looks really nice. I feel like I was just constantly the whole time. Every time you booted up, I was like, man, this game just looks so good. Especially when they showed any of the scenes, like when you're in the kind of like main town area and you're mm-hmm. sort of like talking to the, the various like characters or whatever, the NPCs and like the bigger like images of each character on the left and right, like those like kind of portraits of the characters looked so cool. I thought. Yeah, every, everything about it. But yeah, like yeah, from, that's true. From the like opening area and it like kind of in the first game, there were four main areas that got randomized each run. And in this one, like uh, like the very first chamber that shows the boss door, just like it did in the first one, had six portraits over the door as opposed to four. And I, I was okay. already like just so excited. I was like, good. This is just a, a bigger game <laughs> that will have more yeah. of it. And like, honestly, every single aspect of it, like it is, I, I do think that it may be if you went into two without having like played one, it might seem a little like overwhelming. There's just so much yeah. going on. But like if you've been like me and like played a lot of the original game, like it is something that is pretty easy to just pick up. And I'm, I don't know how easy it is for someone coming in without any of that background, but Honestly, it's it is the same type of roguelike where I know we were in our discord. We were having a, a little tier maker uh, like discussion where people were put, yeah. like ranking their favorite roguelikes and like everybody had was coming to the genre with like entirely different like preferences and expectations. And I'm the kind of person who likes a roguelike where if it's you know something that isn't like very i I wouldn't say like level based or like even uh like fine-tuned mechanic based where it's more like exploration and i i like the fact of like every single run you are progressing and like you're doing a little bit you're chipping away at it and you're getting stronger each time you fail and you're you are 
I don't think it's even possible to beat this game on the first run. I don't think that's even remotely possible, but it's still... Yeah, like, but I... Oh, go on. Go ahead. Go ahead. I I, I was just going to say, I do like how, like, because I know I've talked about a lot, like, I tend to gravitate more towards, like, the arcade roguelikes that are just, like, pumping in another quarter, essentially, and it's just, like, got some procedural generation, but otherwise, it's, like, a really tight, like, focused game, but I like how in this one, at least the way you were describing it to me, was, like, you're kind of, like, you're exploring this procedurally generated castle each run, but, like, if you beat one boss, like, that, you're permanently beating that boss, so you're yeah. not necessarily, you're not just grinding like you are in, like, Dead Cells or whatever, like, for the new weapons and upgrades mm-hmm. and just new buffs and whatever. Like, you're you're grinding, you are doing that also, but you are making, like, core progress, or at least if you're able to, you can make core progress on any given run. So I kind of like how it is, like, splitting up, all, or it's split up, like, almost into, like, different levels sort of i mean you obviously have all the different zones but like yeah you don't have to clear a full run of the entire castle and every zone and every boss in one run and that's how i feel like a lot of roguelikes are you know Mm -hmm. and i in the first one like there was a lot of like equipment based progression where you know you would get runes that were uh, tied to a specific weapon slot and that's not a, in a, they're s- completely separate from that now but you can have them specific to each class that you're running as so like if you're playing a, a, like a magic class then you can emphasize more like intelligence based stuff as opposed to like if you're you know playing a, a strength build and there's just oh god i i I don't want to just list every feature of this game but like (laughs) i I really do enjoy every single aspect of it and i'm i can see myself i'm going to be playing this game for so long and it's just uh, i'm i'm gonna be having a a ball with it yeah and as as somebody who like i i enjoyed the first game but i think we even again while i was watching you play it uh over the few days or whatever i was kind of like you know yeah even like I ended up picking it up on sale on Switch at some point, but like even like the kind of like over the top run animation and we were talking about how like the original kind of looked a little bit more like a flash game uh, just with like, I don't know if it was because we were like kind of discussing like what it might have been like some of the pixel art might be in like different resolutions or something. Mm-hmm. I don't re- I don't know all that technical stuff, but it just does look a little well, it, it isn't a bad looking game. It feels a little more janky, especially I'm sure after like booting it up after playing this because it's just. It's almost got like a more of like a kind of like Steam World Dig 2 art style. I mean, it's not not as stylized as that, but it's got that same kind of like hand drawn or yeah, whatever animation. But it really was kind of sucking me in because it's been a while since I've been pulled into a roguelike. I actually like one of the nights while I was laying in bed uh, while I was over at your guys place because you were playing that. I was like, you know what? I'm going to boot up down well again. It's been a while and nice. I was booted up i played like two quick runs ended up beating it on my second run i was like i still got it got a nice 200 combo (laughs) on that run which always ticks me off because like 248 i think is my best combo in downwell and i'm always like you you basically have to combo like through the last you have to have your combo still going like through the last two worlds essentially of the game i can't and the last how the the fourth world is pretty easy if you have like the right series of buffs okay in in terms of like there's no like your combo ends when you land on solid ground but there's not really much solid ground in the fourth zone Mm -hmm. you're just kind of like landing on these little so if you have like the power up where the where getting gems recharges your gun boots and you're pretty stacked on ammo. Like basically every time you kill enemies, you're just like blasting them away. Then you pick up gems, you're back to full ammo, and then there's like little debris just like floating around in the ether, mm-hmm. and you can land on that. And that's like 
acts as if you're landing on an enemy or as if you're landing on the ground and recharges your boots as well. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's pretty easy to stay full if you got the right weapon and the right uh yeah, the, just the right series of uh buffs and whatever. You can do a pretty good job of like chaining together that whole last world if you're patient. Right. Um but you can definitely take a bunch of extra damage as well. I'm still trying to figure out a way to like keep the combo going through to the boss, but I just can't figure out unless unless you're just totally stacked with an insane amount of ammo like you have to like do this thing to trigger the boss battle that I just feel like I don't know how there's a way to keep it going so gotcha it felt it did feel kind of good to just stomp the landing right at an even 200 and just like okay I'll take the take the buffs and then rescue the little kitty cat at the bottom of the well so unbelievable God, I just love that game but yeah, I guess uh, I wanted to talk about this episode. will probably be a little bit on the the shorter side, but I figure, uh, yeah, since it's just the two of us, we're we're known to ramble a little bit, or at least I am. So oh, we'll yeah. keep it on the shorter side. But yeah, I uh, have been. I mentioned a few times whether it be on uh, regular episodes of the podcast or save it for the cast episodes. But since I've been back in Michigan, I've been uh, syncing up with some old pals, like some old bandmates that I used to play with, and friends that you know knew tangentially through that group of friends and whatever and uh my buddy uh josh uh who's been kind of like the ringleader of like getting everybody together like he gets like they have like a you know they get together weekly for bowling and stuff like that like they kind of get together for all sorts of stuff but they also get together for these weekly mario kart uh tournaments and that's what we've been doing mostly and then last time we got together we actually didn't play any mario kart uh we actually played a bunch of other stuff on switch and even busted out uh josh's younger brother who was on Josh and I were on a bowling team growing up and uh, his younger brother, Nathan, was on our bowling team with my cousin. So like we go way, way back. Josh is like one of my friends from second grade. Uh, <laughs> yeah. High school bands and all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, it was really good, like seeing those guys and catching up. So Nathan kind of reminds me of uh, our buddy DJ, who was, you know, way back in the early days of the podcast, like. DJ would be the guy who would show up to like any get together or whatever with like a big duffel bag full of board games with like, mm-hmm. OK, basically whatever the mood, what if the mood strikes and whatever the mood is, I've got a game for it. And uh, uh, Josh's younger brother, Nathan, shows up and he's got a full suitcase and he has virtually every not every but a ton of video game consoles in this thing. So he's got a Sega Genesis. I think even two Sega Genesises. He's got uh, Wii U and we even, we busted out both of those. So like on one TV and this is for my buddy, Josh's birthday. Um, So the timing for moving home was just kind of, kind of worked out perfectly to just like get together, catch up with old pals. And I'd seen my old pals quite a few times, but not his uh, couple of younger brothers who were there. So uh, anyways, yeah, he hooks up the Genesis on one TV and uh, a couple of buddies. I didn't end up getting in on the action, but they were playing road rash or uh, Road Rage, which is kind of like a motorcycle racing game on... Right. I think it ended up coming to a bunch of other uh, platforms, and I think there were even some kind of, like, spin-offs of the series or rip-offs or whatever. Uh, but you're kind of, like, riding on a motorcycle, and then you can, like, pick up weapons and, like, knock the riders off with, like, a baseball bat or a crowbar or whatever. And, like, it was just, like, because everyone's, like, drinking and we're having a good time. Like, every time somebody gets, like, knocked off the bike, and, like, in that game, you actually, you have to actually, like, run back to your bike if you get, like, knocked off it. Like, you got to go find your bike. and Nice get back to it so it was just like super intense like they were kind of hot seating that game there were like two or three pals that were like passing the controller back and forth and just like okay we got to earn enough money to unlock this bike and then on the other tv uh again out of that same suitcase uh nathan busted out the wii u and i was like oh you got the wii u i was like what what is your intentions of like you know what's the point considering i know we've talked about too on the podcast and everywhere everybody knows that almost every good wii u game has made its way to the switch at this point which was already hooked up and we were playing earlier. So I was like, man, what's he busting out the 
Wii U for? And he was like, you got to bust out the Nintendo land. Man. And uh, they were all about, so back to my uh, resolution game, they were all about that like Luigi's Mansion mini game on there. Mm -hmm. That was like the, you have four Luigi's and then, or, you know, four, yeah, I think they're all Luigi's, four Luigi's and one like ghost character. The ghost character plays with the game pad. And I feel, I feel like there's so many missed opportunities for like that. Asymmetric uh, multiplayer gameplay with that game. It's so good. It's such a good system that, like, ugh, yeah, go on. Yeah, and well, even with like the Zelda, even with the Zelda games we've talked about, like, or even when I've been playing the little bit of which I still need to play more of that, but Link Between Worlds, like having the dual screen of just like being able to reference the map on a win, like that. Ah, there's I do miss that a lot. (laughs) Uh, but anyways, we ended up playing uh, a f- good amount of runs. I ended up uh, getting like for the last like maybe five or six runs. I was going ham as the ghost. Hmm. I was playing pretty terrible as Luigi. So basically you got four Luigi's running around in kind of like a Pac-Man-esque maze area. And the ghost is invisible to everybody unless they're doing like one of their actions. Like if they're trying to grab somebody or if you can do this like charge thing that like drains everybody's flashlight batteries. If you fill up this meter all the way. And essentially, like everybody else has to just kind of communicate and their controllers kind of rumble and you get a few other indicators that like, oh, the ghost is nearby. And then once you grab somebody as the ghost, you have like maybe a second or two to like kind of scramble away while everybody can see you. But you can kind of try to position the person you grabbed like in and, you know, further away from where everybody else is at or whatever. But I ended up kind of going on a bit of a run at the end, like I was just winning every run with the ghost. And it was like, you know, we were kind of jumping around. Everybody was hot seating the game, but it was like. Had, like it wasn't super long or anything but yeah like five or six runs there was like a little mini rivalry like everyone's like dude fuck you kev <laughs> like you gotta <laughs> stop gotta stop getting us but basically as soon as everybody started actually communicating like and once nathan started playing like he was watching us play and whatever he's like all right you guys are fucking this up you're letting <laughs> kevin win he's like okay you know he's like, basically yeah as soon as they started communicating like okay you block this door you block this door it's like okay i got nowhere i can go at this point but when they're just scrambling like He's on the bottom. He's on the bottom. And I'm like, I'm all the way in the top right corner. So I don't know what the (laughs) hell you guys are talking about. But um, yeah, that was just a blast. I've never really played much Nintendo Land other than I think one time like DJ and a couple other people were over. Maybe it was just when DJ Steve and I lived together and like I first got my Wii U. I remember like checking out some of the mini games and I don't think I've popped it in since. And I had a good time with it uh, the first time and this time. So it was like, you know. I don't think I'd want to carry around my Wii U in a suitcase and hook it up just for that sole purpose. But, but a party at the same time, I'm glad like he did. The legitimate like use case for that game, like it is not yeah. really a single player experience. And like to get you to understand what the Wii U is capable of, it's perfect for a pack in game. Yeah, that's actually that's actually a great point. And yeah, it does really showcase not only just that game, but yeah, all, a lot of the mini games. I remember there was like a link. Like mm-hmm. high rule kind of like archery course and stuff like that. I remember that was when DJ and I played. I remember that being like our favorite chunk of the game. I just remember thinking like that was that was probably our favorite mini game. But it was just the two of us or maybe another right. person passing it around. So having all five, it was really awesome to play that. And then I mentioned that we played some Switch as well. And I've, you know, I've dogged on both of these games pretty extensively on the podcast. And I guess I'll, I've, I talked a little bit about Mario Kart 8 on the podcast and I haven't dogged on that really, but I've talked about it on some recent Save It For The Cast. And like, yeah, we've just been doing like those 32 race tournaments with the crew and just kind of like 
it, it's pretty crazy. Number one, again, like I said, like I'm supposed to be the the video game guy and they're just like smoking me even like they were talking trash like, oh, yeah, our buddy AJ, who wasn't there the first couple times, like, oh, he's terrible. You'll be able to beat him. And he was smoking me like, you know, I was, <laughs> I was definitely coming in last of all the human players every time I've played with anybody. And even on some races, I, w- I would come in like eighth or tenth place, you know, with a few computer players in front of me. So, I mean, it's. It's, it's not a, messing around. And it's a rough game once you get to the higher difficulties. Like, uh, yeah, we're playing no one joke, one fifty cc, and then also like, yeah, just trying to learn all the new courses because there's mm-hmm. all the new like even the ones when I feel like oh I'm familiar with this one they like they've tweaked the courses quite a bit. Like when you do like uh, I think it's Calamari Desert, mm-hmm. the one with the train from N sixty four. Like they add like these like one of the laps you're like actually like going like through the train like tunnel like they just change ooh, it so much like ooh. it's definitely not like you can't just go oh I remember this track from before like and it's not just oh they added like a vertical embankment like they like really kind of change some of the tracks and but all add- of them are completely different like when we've played like Mario Kart eight with our friend Mikey like he is yeah. so much better than us but then like the only t- the first time I felt competent in playing multiplayer with you guys was when we like busted out the uh, Nintendo Switch online and I was playing the like Mario Kart sixty four ones and that was like yeah. the first time I was like oh these are the this is my game this is the one i win at i I lose it all the other versions but this one is the one that i have ingrained into my muscle memory yeah and it's interesting playing like there's a you know now a handful of courses like i guess there's just like the couple of new courses which i've played a decent number of times like the the high rule courses and the mm-hmm. couple of uh, F zero ones that they added, but now they've added the ones from like Mario Kart Tour mm-hmm. uh, from the like mobile game, and there's quite those a few are of those. And they're wild courses. They're really cool too. Like they're they have a lot of more or a lot more. I think there were at least a couple more that like kind of have that like you know the Wario uh, like skiing level that's kind of all one lap or every lap is like you're just going down the mountain the whole time. Like there's not actual laps that you're going around. There's just right. kind of three different like finish lines that indicate the laps mm-hmm. um and i feel like there were some new courses like that my buddy josh was even saying he i guess he used to play the mobile game quite a bit but he was like the controls and like the just the way the game works is so different so it's kind of interesting to i forget he he talked a little bit about what the differences were and it was just something about like the drifting and stuff yeah and a few the drifting other things, is different kinda, in every single game which is like we, we talk a lot about like you know a consistency between titles especially in like nintendo games but like Mario Kart, for whatever reason, is one that they can get away with, like, just completely reinventing, like, core mechanics while still keeping basically the same control scheme. Like, it's the timing is always different per title, but, like, the control is the same. Yeah, and it's interesting that, like, a game that, like, had entirely different mechanics, they're able to essentially take courses, and I'm sure they're tweaking things and changing things here and there Mm -hmm. to uh, accommodate, you know the changes in this game or just to make it flow smoother or whatever, but it's still pretty cool. It's fun to like, I'm just so glad. I know we've talked about this on the podcast too, but I'm just so glad that like they went this route with Mario Kart as opposed to, Hey, here's another $60 Mario Kart nine or Mario Mm -hmm. Kart ultimate or whatever. You know, I, I would love to just see them keep adding to this Mario Kart franchise, but on that uh, tangent, or I, I guess I did, before I got on that Mario Kart tangent, the games that I was going to mention were uh, Mario Golf Super Rush and Mario Strikers uh, Battle League. Which are uh, now think- your favorite titles and they completely <laughs> replaced the old versions. 
Oh, man, let me tell you, it's definitely, definitely not the case with either of those games. But that said, playing it in a party setting where we were, you know, again, for my buddy Josh's birthday and my buddy, uh, I can't remember if it was Nathan. No, I think it was uh, his other brother, Spencer, who was kind of pushing the Mario Golf, who really wanted to play it and play some strikers. Mm-hmm. And for strikers, we were playing again. It's I, I feel like I talked about it on the podcast when we talked about the game kind of initially. I feel like that game is almost built to be played eight players, like four on four, mm-hmm. everybody controlling an individual player. And you're just kind of focusing on what you're doing as that player, you know, right. on the field. And uh, we weren't playing quite at that level. We were just playing two on two, but it did start to get pretty competitive. Like once everybody started getting the hang of the controls and I still like that's the main gripe I had initially was just like the game was so immediate to any like as long as you have some video game familiarity it's basically an arcade like two three button game yeah there's more complexity to the original but uh than just being a two button game but i mean you can really you know get the core mechanics down quickly and then start to master them or at least improve at them very quickly where in this you're like oh i gotta get the timings down i gotta remember which buttons lob which buttons regular pass which Mm -hmm. button switch switches players which button it just it gets a little bit hectic and i still have pretty much all the same gripes but that said just spending a little bit more time with it and getting the hang of things and and it it did it was a more fun experience especially yeah being played with four players and and with some pals and stuff uh and we they were you know i've mentioned too when we talked about strikers like they were a group of friends like that uh high school band like that whole group of friends we were really into strikers yeah Uh, that was kind of the first group that got me into that and then yeah moved to chicago and have played it with quite a few different groups of friends now um but yeah i just i do feel like it's still pretty slow paced like it's just like a it almost feels like you got to kind of, you know, not to go back to Rogue Legacy, but it feels like you do sort of have to like grind a little bit to get those new gear items and then equip yeah. the right ones. And it's just like there's just like a little too much going on. Yeah. And a little bit. I don't know, but it's still like, I don't know. But it was scratching I don't some think, of that itch. At the same time, like I don't think Nintendo could basically just re-release like something at the same like depth level as like the original strikers like i think people would lose their minds like be like you expect me to pay like 60 bucks and like i can't even like like there's not i can't customize each character's like stats and i i I get that it feels like extraneous and yeah i don't think it necessarily adds anything to the game but i think the expectation is just there that games need to be a little bit more than just like a multiplayer experience like they need to yeah. have some depth that like which i i don't necessarily agree with but i absolutely think the expectation is there and like that's especially from a first party game from nintendo i don't think that they could like they kind of have to artificially add like complexity to it longevity and stuff yeah because yeah, it, it feels like i just wish they would be a little bit more in tune with like it makes sense to do that with like splatoon 3 or mario yeah. kart or like the big massive releases but when it's kind of like a a sports side game like it really is kind of meant to be I, I could be wrong, but I don't think too many people are picking up those games going, oh, man, I can't wait to play that Mario Golf campaign. I, maybe yeah. the golf campaign, actually, I could I should take that back because I know a lot of people were into like the Game Boy Advance uh, to a Mario Golf Advance Tour or whatever. But that golf has, is like, almost RPG a single player game by like definition as opposed to like a team game, which is like, yeah. I feel way more multiplayer fo- focused than golf. 
Yeah, which was so that was what was interesting about playing golf. So when we played golf, we played four players as well. And we were just kind of taking turns. We just played three holes. So, I mean, we did not put very much time into this. We were just kind of like, oh, well, let's play this for a little bit. Mm-hmm. But we did play with the motion controls, which was kind of fun. Like it was totally I mean, it really did kind of feel like, oh, we really are just playing Wii golf here with yeah. like some some added mechanics. But like it started, I was like, oh, this meter where I complained about it on the podcast, like they why is it on like the side, like vertically instead of horizontal under the bottom like they changed so much about this game it's like oh that's exactly how they had it in Wii Golf and like trying to like Mm. line up like the power of your swing and like you basically can like do like a practice hold down a button do a practice swing you just hold one Joy-Con in your hand and like rotate it sideways and then you know to basically just pretend like you're swinging a club you can get as much into it or as little into it as you want but it's basically just kind of registering the gyro if you like swing too hard it'll either like put uh pull or hook the shot in any uh direction based on like i don't know if it's based on how hard you hit it like how much you know how much extra power you hit it with or if it's just like the angle of your club face or whatever but Mm -hmm. it was pretty fun to play this like motion control and just kind of take turns and uh we each had our own i was gonna say pass the controller around but everybody had their own joy con so it was just kind of it felt kind of natural to just like hold the club you know or the little tiny joy con in your hand and like hold down one of the like thumb buttons and like that activates like your practice swing and then you I don't know it it felt pretty nice it still leaves a lot to be desired like Mm -hmm. I I still think it's it's a pretty janky golf game on the whole and it it, all the different tweaks and whatever but removed from the like expectations of being like this is going to be my new favorite game on switch and I love the Mario Golf series and I can't wait to play it it was kind of like it was like refreshing almost to be like oh I I had fun playing that game just now even though we just played kind of for nonsensical purposes like nobody was really like spencer was the one who wanted to play that game and uh, it's so funny hanging out with him too it's like he was like the youngest even younger than my younger brother but like my younger brother would like pick him up and take him to school sometimes Mm -hmm. like it just been kind of like lifelong family friends but did did get a little bit out of touch over the years with me being in chicago and just you know we'd keep up on like instagram or on various social media stuff here and there but Definitely didn't do a, you know, I definitely didn't hold up my end of like, oh, when I'm home, try to see everybody. I did for a few years and then it's like, okay, it's really hard to keep up with family and, you know, and, and, you know, as it is. So, you know, if I only got a few days back home, it's hard to see the whole crew of friends. So, yeah, it's it's just been great being back home. I'm excited to see if we get some more. I'm going to try to get them into some more multiplayer stuff that maybe they haven't tried out yet. Like, I'm really looking forward to a time like I know I uh, talked about bringing turtles over there, but I'm really looking forward to like just bringing my switch over there and plugging it in and just being like, Hey, got all like these 350 games on here that are, you know, at our disposal to play at any given moment. Can you do a local killer queen with like, Oh, how many is that? You, it would be eight. Cause the, the, the switch version is four on four, right? Yeah. They, they, yeah. They switched it to four. Yeah. But I think they did do that specifically to accommodate that you could play on one system with eight players. I think because I, wonder, I know that that online system is or like matching multiplayer is basically dead but uh as a and a local that would be incredible like oh uh, and i and i wonder if we could especially get some kind of setup with like because they did have like that second tv i mean it was a really dinky little like old crt tv to play the genesis on but like if we really could kind of get the true setup, or I guess even if somebody just, if we, we could just play and switch like tabletop mode, if we had two switches that had killer queen on it and sync up online, but just with like our two groups individually, yeah. or maybe you can even do it land or whatever, but like have the, you know, have it set up kind of like the cabinets facing each other. That would be pretty awesome. But yeah, even if you can play on the same screen, 
That's a good idea. I kind of forgot about that game. It's been a long time. That's a pr- oh man, that's that's, perfect. that's a, honestly one of the best like multiplayer games I can think of. In terms and you of know what? It, back to Strikers, it's kind of a two button game. You know, it's there's yep. more complexity to it, but it's like hey, this jumps or this there. There's more like oh, you got to get the berries and you got to take them to the doors and you got to do this and that. But like you can figure that out as you go as long as you just get the movement from the get go. And I just. That that's how multiplayer games, at least for me, need to be, especially if they're kind of party games. I should yeah. say need to be how how I prefer them to be. So you can just get right into the action. People who is again, as long as they have some familiarity with games, you can't just hand somebody who's never played a video game a controller. Like this jumps, this shoots. Okay, let's go. Let's play some strikers. Like it's not going to be that easy. But with but. Killer Queen, you could just give the person who's never played a game. It's like just get on the snail. Get on the yeah. snail and hold the old or, or or don't let the snail like watch the snail. Don't let yeah. the snail do anything on the other team or whatever. Yeah, I, man, I totally forgot about that game. Oh, man, that's a early days of the Pursuing Pixels uh, podcast. I feel. Yeah, did we talk about it when it was at Logan? And I like think the so. Actual physical cabinet. Oh, man. What a that was a great. Yeah. Great. Some time. good. The, the only downside of there being so few of those cabinets around is that, like, you feel the pressure of, like, oh, if I'm going to play, I got to be serious about playing. Or there's, like, always some kind of tournament or league or yeah. something going on. And you're like, okay, I, you know, you, I either can't get a turn or if I do, I feel like I'm, like, wasting everyone's time. Like, I get that pressure. Even when I would go, like, golf in real life, I'd always feel like, oh, these people are waiting for us to tee off. Like, I got to hit my shot quick. Like, I get like real impatient or anxious when people are like waiting or like watching me or whatever. So mm-hmm. it is kind of nice to have Killer Queen in the comfort of your own home. But uh, but yeah, I think we can uh, probably wrap it up uh, there this week for the video games chit chat and whatnot. And uh, yeah, as always, uh, we'll be back next week with some more video game action. And we're uh, pretty much everywhere on the internet as uh, Twitter falls apart and explodes by the day. <laughs> uh, we're everywhere else on the internet just in case, but. Uh, that might yeah. date this episode. The, I know. <laughs> the Twitter may not exist by the time. I know. Episode. Every time I go on there, I'm like, no, it can't be that bad. And then I'm like, oh, my God, it it's is that even, bad. Or at least it has potential to worse. be that bad. Yeah. What is going on? But yeah, we're on Twitter and we're pretty much everywhere else on the Internet. Come to our and, Discord. Uh, that, that's yeah. a, a fun, safe haven. It's an awesome, awesome place to hang. We seriously have so many cool people and so many like awesome projects being worked on and just yeah the discord is an awesome place to hang in an awesome uh really supportive community in there i feel like i never see anybody like not being constructive or just like being real positive with one another and i love to see that so um but yeah otherwise uh we'll catch you next week and until then take care bye but yeah what do you uh, got going on for the rest of the evening just get in the bed and it's i i've i daylight saving times has fucked me up man i don't get it i know we were just talking about that it's supposedly this is the last year for it i hope like ever that they, better they, be my mom said next year maybe maybe she maybe it's just in michigan i don't know but she said next year they're not doing it so yeah better. we will see i'll have to look into it because yeah it's it's crazy how much just changing the time by an hour can throw you off but it's it doesn't make you off sense for weeks like uh, yeah and it's just I, pointless yeah like i would rather not I would rather just deal with whatever the natural light of day or darkness of day is. Yep. Um, you know, why do I don't need to like accommodate? I, I think they was it initially for like farming and stuff like that? Was it was I that the reason know. they did it? I thought for I know some of like reason, a bunch of apocryphal like reasons where it's like, oh, it's because of this or it's because of right, that. Right, right. Like, I don't know what any of them is like actually true. <laughs>